Hi, Claire and James here. Just before we get stuck into this week's episode, we wanted to let you know the exciting news that the Midlife Reset Audit is now live. This is a first-of-its-kind personalised diagnostic tool designed for midlifers by midlifers. In just three minutes, the audit will help you pinpoint what's really holding you back from living your healthiest, happiest midlife, and most importantly, provide tailored strategies on how to take back control. Midlife doesn't have to be a time of uncertainty. It can be an era of growth, discovery, and well-being. So to go ahead and take the audit, go to themidlifementors.com forward slash audit. In this episode, we talk about happiness and how it is, in fact, a habit. Throughout life, we've had times when we felt happy and then something without warning happens whereby it's taken away. We can feel disappointed, sad and lost and our subconscious mind then hangs on to this and equates happiness with endings. Essentially, it believes avoiding happiness avoids pain. So it stands to reason we need to consciously practice being happy again and know it's safe to do so. In this episode, we explore what's really going on and give you some tips on how to reclaim the happiness and joy you deserve. Hi, I'm James Davis. And I'm Claire Davis. We're the Midlife Mentors, here to lift the lid on how to achieve health and happiness. The balanced, no-nonsense way. And welcome to another episode of the Midlife Mentors with me, James. And me, Claire. How are you? I'm not singing this time. Last last week I sang to you. That, so uh, I thought that was a horrible thing to do, so I'm not going to do it again yes, today. Yes, spared the terror. <laughs> the terror? I've got a lovely voice. You Although, have many beautiful and wonderful qualities, but singing is not one of them. not one of them. Although I'm getting my dancing shoes back on, aren't I? I know. You're taking your dance classes now. So I'm not a singer, but I am still a performer. No, I'm not. I'm not actually. I haven't allowed myself. This is around the topic today, which is around um, happiness being a habit. Really excited mm. to talk to you about this today. Happiness is dot, 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 a habit. And one of the things that is bringing me joy and happiness right now is actually reclaiming the dancer in me. So I'm going to street dance classes. I only did my first one last week and I'm learning a little routine across like seven or eight weeks. And I'm loving it. It's like my inner child. It's my inner happiness. And I haven't allowed myself to do anything like that. Gosh. For about 20 years. I so, think it's brilliant you're doing it. So, yes, I'm not a singer, but I am a bit of a dancer. And Is so there it, a song around that? I, I'm not, not sure. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it, though. It's something we've mentioned before on podcasts, actually. You know, doing stuff just for the joy of doing it. Doing the things that just light you up without worrying about, you know, being a beginner, not being an expert in it. Um, and as we as we age, we get more and more worried about that because we get so wrapped up in our identity and our ego. But yeah, just just going out and doing stuff that we enjoy just for the sake of doing it. I did actually notice. I haven't really talked to you about this, James, but I did notice there was like the the inner critic in me really came out last week. So it's tonight actually, and we're recording this on a Wednesday. Um, it's tonight, and one of the things that I'm not good at is body rolling. 
So like the body popping rolling thing. And um, it was really outside my comfort zone. I'm quite good with like the rhythm, but all of that. So I'm going to go in there tonight and just think it doesn't matter, Claire. It doesn't matter. Just enjoy yourself. It's not about whether you get anything perfect. It's about whether you're like bringing joy to your inner child. So, but yeah, it was Do you really... like me to give you some coaching? <laughs> oh you know, I once bought out a dance video. He did actually. This is true. He did actually bring out a dance, dance video. That's for another time. But I will dig that out from the days in the 90s where he had parachute trousers on and he was dancing with a bunch of um, good women dancers and he just looked like a fish out of water. It was really funny. I will dig it out and paste it. Fish out of water. I was leading the pack. I I was setting the pace. Spread it all over the internet. I'm going to use it as a threat, actually. It's quite a good threat. Don't clean up your mess. I will send that out online. (laughs) So, um, what else have we been up to? Um, I think we've had a fairly... Really like revved up, doing lots and lots of new exciting things coming up. Um, really doing a lot of business planning, which fills us with excitement and joy as well, actually. It really does. I mean, I, I was saying this this morning, actually, on my run, I stopped and did a reel. You only get 30 seconds, so I didn't oh, did say you know, much. Did you do another reel? I oh. did, Claire. I'm learning. Oh, no. Uh, but about spring cleaning, right? Because it's that time. I was very aware as I was running that all the buds are out, things are flowering, the weather's got warmer. And I was like, now is a perfect time, actually, like to spring clean your life. Oh, maybe we'll do a podcast on that next week. Well, there we go. <laughs> you know um, and that's, ex- that's what Claire and I are doing. We've really, this yeah. week... Um, like put intensive blocks of time to work really really hard on on what we want to achieve what direction are we going in what risks are we going to take next what are we going to do and and translating that into big action and it just feels so good to do it it does Uh, and exciting and inspiring it really does so on to what we're talking about today and again this is kind of like always inspired by either my experiences Jane's experience or the experience working alongside lots of beautiful clients and I think this is going to resonate for a lot of you because I actually put a post up about this yesterday um, on my Facebook page and people coming back saying oh my goodness that really resonates with me um, and I want we want to talk about this because we don't want anyone to feel alone um, and it's completely human to feel certain ways that we're going to talk to you about in this podcast. But the truth is, and I've only just realised this, it's only just really, really gone into the depths of my soul about what this really means, that happiness is a habit. And sometimes when I've heard someone say that, I'm like, oh, just go and do one. What are you talking about? It kind of annoyed me a little bit. But it's only now, um, oh, having gone, this is what we've been up to, having gone to Paul McKenna's workshop on Saturday... It was amazing because obviously we're NLP trained, um, we use hypnotherapy, all that sort of stuff. And he was using tools that reminded me, I I use certain tools in NLP, um, but he was talking about certain other things and using certain other tools that really resonated and really hit, hit home with me personally. And he was talking, the whole workshop was around happiness and abundance. Um, and he just said, backers, happiness is a habit. And then started talking about some of the things that we're going to talk to you about today as well. And I thought, actually, it's so, so true. Happiness is a habit. And I actually put my hand up um, throughout the workshop and I said, oh, you know, I find it really, really difficult to find happy memories. Because one of the things that we do is go back and try and find happy memories. And I found it really, really difficult. So I stuck my hands up and actually said to him, look, I'm finding it hard. And he did like a little NLP technique on me. I I just thought, you know what, it's common. A lot of people were like, oh my goodness, I feel like that too. So I thought a lot of people out there listening to this would feel the same. Mm, Fantastic. Yes, exactly. So happiness isn't something that we just start magically feeling. For a lot of us, it's not something we magically start feeling. It's an emotion that we have to practice and cultivate over time. And... 
I'm actually going to tell you why this is from my own personal experience, first of all. Um, happiness um, is something that we have to cultivate and we need to make a habit because it's all around the subconscious mind and our past experiences. So for a lot of us in the past, when we felt happy, happy and joyful, something would have changed whereby we suddenly, without warning, became sad. You know, it could be the loss of a relationship, a loved one, a job, a home, a way of life, or even our health. You know, and we're left like totally blown away by it, totally broken, totally disappointed and really, really raw. And I know obviously this is going to resonate with all of you out there. So you're happy and then it's taken away from you. The thing is, our subconscious mind remembers this and therefore starts to equate being happy with endings. So because the subconscious minds only, you would have heard us say this all the time, our subconscious mind's only function is to protect us and keep us safe. It will start building over time, especially when this happens over and over again, because it, it does. We're happy and we lose things. We're happy and then we're sad and disappointed. Um, our subconscious mind is going to build new neural pathways in the brain that make sure we avoid this pain in the future. So essentially, it believes avoiding happiness is going to help us avoid pain as well. So we push it away. We put up the walls, we create endless dramas, you know, like when we're happy, we're going to create endless dramas just in case we get too happy. I know I did this when I got together with James and James did it to me. Endless dramas to push happiness away. We got scared that the actual, the end result, the brain is going, oh my goodness, what happens when you get happy is that you're going to lose that. So you push it away, you create dramas, you sabotage your happiness before it even gets started. Um, And I've realised, like I said, the extent in this in myself, um, that it's hard for me to remember happy memories because my subconscious mind's done such an amazing job. My faithful servant in my subconscious mind has done such a good job. I find it a real challenge to feel the emotion. So I'm doing this myself. Like I'm committed so, so much to making happiness a habit. And we're going to talk to you about how we do that with some tools and techniques and stuff um, at the end. But I just wanted to to get that out there because I felt like a lot of the time we feel a bit guilty when we can't recall a happy memory. Um, A bit of shame, to be honest. I know I do, but I've I've been deliriously happy. I'm deliriously happy now. But um, it's because our subconscious mind has held on to those beliefs. Like, oh my God, if if you're happy... Um, it's going to lead to sadness. Yeah, and I think this is so common for so so many people. Um, and this is this is what we call like coming out of experience, right? So as Claire was saying, there's times where we're seriously happy, that happiness gets taken away by something, so then we're sad. So our subconscious mind is like, don't get that happy again. Yeah, um, and we did do this to each other at the beginning yeah, of our relationship, other, actually. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's really common for a lot of people because that is the default setting of our subconscious mind. It wants to protect us to keep us safe. So it's like, oh, let's avoid that horrible low we had by actually like not experiencing the high before it, the good stuff as well. But I can imagine you like can relate to the creating the dramas. Everyone out there, like maybe creating dramas. Mm. Look where you might be doing this in your life, creating dramas, putting up the walls so they can't get in in the first place, pushing it away or sabotaging it. I know. The other reason we do it, of course, is that we're hardwired for this. It's part of our evolutionary makeup. Um, we survived by avoiding risk to staying away from danger. So we're hardwired to actually worry, to look out for things that could go wrong, because that's how we survived, you know? Like, the people that played it safe survived. The people that, like, yeah. struck out on their own, that took crazy risks, probably died back, you know, going back in millennia. So it's, it's still an evolutionary hardwiring to 
look for threats, look for danger in the environment, uh, and worry and fret about those, which of course is robbing us of our happiness as well. So we've got like a, like a double layer of things going on. Now, the research from the fields of positive psychology is really interesting on this. If we uh, would just equate, say, optimism or positivity with happiness, that's a reasonable thing to do. All the research shows us that people who consider themselves optimistic or positive generally experience better life outcomes than those who consider themselves pessimistic or negative, who generally have worse white outcomes. This could be like, you know, uh, we call like visual acuity uh, or confirmation bias. If you think things are going to go wrong and be terrible all the time, they probably will be for you. If you think things are going to go great and be amazing, they probably will be for you. Mm. It's not to say, you know, if you're positive and optimistic, bad things still don't happen to you. Of course they do. Just in the general flow of life, you're feeling much more positive, optimistic, uplifted, happy about your experience and you're expecting more good things to come. So that's just one take I want you to have. The research, then there's loads of research of this on this in the field of positive psychology. Um, you know, and this is why I want to share this, how you make happiness a habit with you. If you can start making happiness a habit, and you can, then you will experience a happier life because all the research shows that. Yeah, and I just want to really reiterate that it does need to be something that you focus on and practice. Um, time and time again, and I know I, I'm having to do this. You know, one of the things I would say, we're going to probably start going on to, um, to tips now. Um, but just making sure that you feel... I suppose that subconscious mind that we told about, the protector, the faithful servant that is keeping you safe, you just basically need to make sure that you're bringing that part of yourself, um, the protector. What we don't want to do is ignore it, right? So we don't want to <laughs> out positivity, you know, like, you know, out affirmation, that element of you. You know, you know when people are just like, oh, I'm just going to kill it. I'm just going to pretend that part of me doesn't exist. Well, here's the thing, what we resist persists. So if you're pretending that that um, protector, that that glorious subconscious mind that has done a great job of looking after you and looking out for you, if you keep pushing it away, it's going to get louder and louder and louder. You kind of need to allow it to have a voice, but it's when it comes out, it's disproportionate and it um, goes out of whack and it's out of balance with you being happy that you really need to start looking at this and working on this and actually listening to this podcast, thinking to yourself, actually, uh, do I find it? Do I push um, happiness away? Do I, do I sabotage? Do I put my walls up? You know, do I find it hard to allow myself to be happy or recall happy memories? If you do, then it's really, really important just to acknowledge that part of yourself that has kept you safe from feelings of disappointment and sadness because it was only doing the job that it was meant to do. But actually just ignoring it, you can't get cross with it, don't ignore it. Um, it needs to be heard and balanced out. But at the same time, we also need to allow happiness to have a voice. We need to let that happiness seep through the cracks in our armour. And over time and with practice, we will be able to recall more happy emotions and we flex the muscle, the muscle, muscle grows, just like when we're working out our body. That muscle, that happiness muscle, is going to grow and grow and become a habit. So what am I doing and how might we go about bringing some of that balance back in where that saboteur and the that subconscious mind is pulling you in one direction oh don't be too happy and balancing it back with actually starting to allow yourself to be more positive and have happy emotions yeah so we're going to share that with you but i think the first step to this is actually uh, be honest with yourself and acknowledge like what what is my current default state and what is driving that 
you know, are you feeding your mind a lot of negativity, mm. which in turn is making you feel negative towards the world, yeah. towards the relationship, towards a partner? Yeah, this is the first step, you know. Where, where am I now? Do I feel happy? Do I feel sad? Do I feel negative? And what in my life could be contributing to that? What are the drivers behind it? You know, for example, are you watching like just terrible news all the time with catastrophes and bad news? There's a lot of bad news in the world, for sure. <laughs> but is that a reason to go through life fearing the worst and being extremely negative? We can still care, but actually decide to bring a positive light to things. So I think the first thing to do is just recognise where you are. And when you've identified those drivers start filtering them out, start cutting them back. You know, um, yes, it's good to stay informed of what's happening, but do you need to be bombarded by it? So just that's the first step, I think. Absolutely. And the next step, I suppose, is like switching your focus. Mm, Massive. So so when you can feel yourself potentially um, over-catastrophizing, love that word, because again, hardwired to over-catastrophize, worry, be full of fear. When you can feel that happening, have like a toolbox of go-tos. This is what I'm doing right now to make me feel good. So I might... You know, like, might read my affirmations. I might listen to something really uplifting on YouTube. I might put a, a bit of dance music on and dance around the house. I might practice my routine when James isn't in the room. I just basically go to stuff that actually switches my focus because where your attention is is what expands. So actually starting to think about some things that you can do to lift up your happiness levels. What I'm also doing is, you know, I said that I'm finding it hard to kind of recall those happy memories. I've actually started to get a notebook and when they are coming to me, I'm writing them down and then I'm amplifying them and making them vivid and colourful. And I'm I'm like turning up the dial on the feeling. Um, So I'm actually writing those memories down because it's really easy to say, oh, I just don't have any. But again, it's about practising, practice, practice, practice. It's about a muscle that needs growing. So if I can remember them, I quickly write them down and then amplify them in the moment and keep going back to them. When I need to switch my focus from something, I keep going back to those and my little toolkit of things that make me happy. Mm. The next thing you can do is change your psychological state by changing your physiological state. Again, this is really interesting research. When we smile, even if it's not a genuine smile, (laughs) dance, we do something joyous, when we change our posture, so when we like go from that slumped forward, you know, slightly, slightly down, depressed, standing upright, throwing our shoulders back, letting our chest open up, Um, All these things activate different neurotransmitters in the body. When we smile, we're releasing dopamine, serotonin. So even if we're sad and we smile and we force that big smile, we'll get the psychological response from making a physiological change. So (laughs) physiological um, state change is a great thing to do. So when you're feeling down, maybe think, right, okay, check myself in here. I'm going to stand up straight, deep breath in so I'm fully oxygenated, put a big smile on my face, maybe even laugh out loud. This is why they do laughter therapy. Here's an experiment for you now. If you're on your own, maybe not when you're sitting on a tube or a bus or people think you're crazy, just have a little laugh out loud to yourself and check in with how you feel afterwards. Yeah, because your body will respond anyway. It will respond. It won't know the difference between you fake... This is where it's like fake it till you make it, right? Your body actually will respond hormonally exactly the same way as it would if you're doing it genuinely. So start practicing that. That's where laughter therapy comes from. Um... Another little experiment, um, I can't remember for the life of me who this was, but um, someone did an experiment. Yeah, it's a psychologist who basically yeah. said, I can, I can make you happy within 30 days. And he did succeed in doing it, I think for around 70% of the participants, something yeah, like that. Yeah, and then they also checked in with them because actually it was such a massive shift. We're going to tell you how he did it, but it was such a massive shift that um, everyone that was looking at the experiment and kind of being really dubious about it, like, what, what? Because it was actually quite some years ago. 
and they were all looking at it thinking that's not going to happen and then it did and then they were like oh it won't last and then actually they studied these people for another 12 months I think afterwards and it sustained their happiness was sustained so what he asked them to do was firstly boom 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 get some movement into their life so exercise move so this is a psychologist studying happiness he's actually saying move your body for the endorphins the feel-good hormones that's going to increase your happiness guess what it did another one was and he asked them to place little tiny dots around their house Mm. so we're actually doing this now so Little tiny dots on mirrors, at little, you know, fridge in doors, the fridge doors cupboard, doors, cupboard doors. And every single time they saw that dot, they had to stand there and either recall um, a memory that made them feel good, you know, a happy memory, or like a future thing that they're excited about and made them feel happy. You know, a person that makes them feel happy. So you might want to do different colour dots for different things. Here's Claire making it really complicated like a Virgo does. Um, But yeah, just actually having those visual cues as reminders to stop and recall and feel and visualise those happy memories started to shift things massively for them. And James, the last one was... Last one was a daily gratitude practice. So just, you know, simple. We always bang on about this. Just writing gratitude list. Um, Three things you're grateful for from yesterday. Three things you're grateful for generally and an intention for the day and just those three things together actually made these people happier exactly and we're just going you know it is because i'll tell you why this works so powerfully we are i'm not going to go into the science of it but we are energetic beings right we're made up of energy and we attract things this is the law of the universe like attracts like we attract things that resonate on the same frequency as us like magnets So here's the thing, once we're in that energy field of being grateful, happy, joyful, we absolutely manifest more happiness, more joy, more love, more opportunity, more excitement, more love for life just in general. So once you level up your energy, you'll start to see it's A, it's going to become easier, it's a practice, it's a habit, it's going to become easier. But once you do that, you're going to see more, it's going to be easier, you're going to be seeing more things to be grateful for, more things that bring you joy, more feet, you're going to remember more things, more memories that were happy rather than sad. And that's why it is, it really, really hit home with me that it is actually a practice. This is not going to come easy. I don't just switch on a light and go, oh, I'm happy now, because my subconscious mind has been hardwired to not be happy because it's scared. And my my ancestry, my DNA has told me, oh, don't be comfortable, look for danger, let's worry, let's over-catastrophize. So I suppose the last one, which really, which again is a game changer, and James and I practice this a lot mm. anyway, is visualization. Yeah, so visualizing. So this is um, a really, really powerful thing to do. So um, in a nutshell, one way, there are many, many ways that one way we like is you know, sit quietly, Imagine a time you were really, really happy because it helps bring forth a real memory. Um, amplify everything about that. So you make Colour. it more vibrant, the sounds, the colours. Really see yourself there. Some people like to actually like float into the, that version of themselves to make it more real. You can do that. Um, once you have that feeling, you give it a colour, expand it, find where it is in the body, expand it so you're surrounded in a bubble of it. And then you can future pace. So you can imagine yourself 12 months from now what does my life look like? What's my success look like? But holding the energy of that happiness. Uh, and it's basically a way, it's, it's a version of timeline therapy, I guess. And you can cascade back in three-month blocks to now 
and basically give yourself a vision of happiness of the future. So you're projecting your, your happy memory into the present yeah. now and then into the future. Whoop, whoop. And remember, your, your subconscious mind can't distinguish between a real life and imagination slash memory really if important. you make it um, powerful enough. Your, the hormones, your body physiologically, your neurotransmitters, your neurotransmitters everything responds. Get this. This is so important. In the same way as if you were doing it, to uh, you using your imagination and seeing it. Um, and here's the thing. One little nugget we will kind of finish up on, unless James has got anything to add, is let's, our imagination is what sets us apart. As human beings, this is what sets us apart from other animals on planet Earth, right? We have emotion. We have imagination. Our imagination is, is God-given, basically. I'm not trying to be religious here, but it is our, it's absolutely how we've managed to survive and thrive here on planet Earth. So what I would say to you is stop using your imagination in a negative way. Mm. Start using your imagination for positivity, opportunity, in the way that it was designed to be. You know, you can use your imagination for one way or another. And once you start using this beautiful imagination for positivity, excitement, opportunity, love, um, self-care, all of these things you're going to see a massive, massive shift in your ability to be more happy and feel more happiness emotions. That's right. I mean, most of us, it's interesting, most of us, because we're hardwired this way, we ask ourselves continually, what happens if it goes wrong? Mm. But how about flipping that around? What happens if it goes right? What does that look like? How does that feel? How does your future play out then? What does it look like? As we say Mm. in these words, your little subconscious mind, as we say in these words, is going... Little filing cabinet, it loves questions as well. So ask it questions. Let it mull over what we've talked about here. Like how can you start building more of a happiness habit into your life? Because you deserve it. We all deserve it. We don't want to be, we want to create some balance between that that sometimes pesky subconscious mind that's our protector, our faithful servant, and allowing us now to open up to happiness and to joy and create more balance. So that's what we've got to say on happiness as a habit. If you would like to say more about <laughs> happiness, reach out to us. Uh, this is what I mean, we teach we, people. This is what we teach our clients, yeah. what we coach them inside our programs. Uh, so you can get hold of us at team at the midlifementors.com. Uh, find us on Facebook in the Midlife Mentors community. It's our free community. Please do join that on Instagram, Midlife Mentors, or at our website, themidlifementors.com. We would love to hear from you. And we'd love to hear what you think about this podcast. It's something that's really, really resonating with James and I right now, and we hope it resonated with you too. Sending you lots of love. Bye. Bye! You've been listening to The Midlife Mentors with Claire and James Davis. We'd love to hear from you. So drop us a line at info at themidlifementors.com with any questions or topic suggestions. And make sure you join us on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. You can find us under The Midlife Mentors. Yeah.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And don't forget to take the Midlife Reset Audit now to receive personalized insights into what's holding you back from living your healthiest, happiest midlife. So go ahead and take the audit now at themidlifementors.com forward slash audit.